0: Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Sitting alone in the studio, just me and Ranger. We got Vance and the Alumacraft at his house. We got Todd up at Chautauqua. They're both on the telephone. And this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Muskie Products. You've heard it 205 times already, maybe. Did we even plug the early ones? I don't, I don't know what we did it.
1: at the beginning.
0: I don't know. I don't know. We're going to be become- I know it
1: took it took me a while to get on with Muddy Creek.
0: Well, yeah, cuz we mm. had to work out the contract. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh, anyways, name of the show, you know it. com. we're on Facebook, Instagram and uh, Twitter, but <clears throat> I'm not going to push that one too hard. Uh, We make full line of jerk baits glide baits swim baits rod holders project X Uh, If you're looking to set up your boat give us a fair shake a lot of rod holders have been going as of recently, so um, I should have inventory, but Nothing saying that here. You know if this keeps up. I might not So check them out. We got nice videos on the Facebook page. I do have Just a little bit on YouTube But check out the Facebook page in the video section. You'll see some nice videos of Todd and Vance. And you'll see my arm as I'm doing, like, one of them, like, self-filmed things. But it's not a selfie because I have no one around to take my video. So I do it myself. (laughs) (laughs) I also don't want to be filmed because I just... Andy,
2: yeah, we got those. Those video, uh, those videos done down in Cave Run. That's about it on those things. But you, you hounded us on that. You've got to, you got to fish today. I,
0: I did, but I'm going to talk you of, for
2: some videos.
0: Well, I did take a video, but it was not of what happened. It was of my planer boards and what happened during fishing. And two, two subjects of what we're going to talk about is going to be referenced in today's fishing trip. So nice. Anyways. Nice. With that, that's going to take us into Boss Shad. So check them out, BossShad.com. Hop on their Facebook page, Paul Frescherio. You can like him as a friend or send a friend request or whatever. But like, like Boss Shad's, he has his own little group, uh, Friends Who Like Boss Shad's. He is really uh, starting to make baits. We just got a big big shipment of baits in They're They're more personal. So uh, we're not going to be selling them. They're, they're for us. And some hard to gets because i placed an order. A while ago, while he was still making them, so with all of that, um, you can also find them at Mark's Bait Tackle and Ammo, Ravenna, Ohio, and Muskie Tackle Online. Both of them have an online store, and they should have a they should have a selection that you will find something that you like. Should you be in the need of boss shots. Now, Vance's little blurb there, while the A Z plug was going on, he brought up the fact that I went fishing today. Um, I did go fishing today, and it was just one of them hard days. You know, you you have two kids, you have your wife in the boat, and you're driving around a small lake with skiers zimping everywhere, jet skis jumping the skier's wake, and I was able to set out six rods. I was going to do planer boards, but I said, nah, I'm not going to do it. So I ran six rods tight, and I have my down rod down. I have an eight-and-a-half out, and then I have a a ten-and-a-half out. And on the ten and a half, which would have been the board rod, but I didn't I was like I just said. Um I had a boss shad, we were driving along and you know, the sun beating down, you're you're just your face is dried out from the wind and uh you know, twenty minutes. You Does were this, this sound...
2: Half, you were out for Yeah, did this... Half, right? Okay. I, I don't even know you feel I was letting him go. You are... I yeah. Was... I mean, this is getting a little crazy here. I know. I was letting him go. I, I was like, Todd, you have to be feeling the same way <laughs> as I am right now. This I was good.
1: talking to him at 6.30. He said, we're going to go fish for a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just seeing how far are you guys... I'm, I'm like, are these guys even life? awake? <laughs> Everyone's exhausted. Oh, it's been... <laughs> wind, Unbelievable. Oh, gosh, you know, the dark clouds that had thunder rolling parted. Now it's Africa. Uh. So, yeah, we don't even make one lap around a 250-acre lake. That boss shad rod goes screaming, and now it's a scramble to clear lines. Hand the rod to a 5-year-old who wasn't quite sure if she wanted to reel or if she just wanted to run back. She screamed a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> I held the rod as she reeled, and I kind of like, she was really excited all day when we talked about taking the boat out. It was more or less the, the, the second, the real meat of our podcast is going to be about more or less trolling with boards. And the debacle, and I really wanted to go out and try these, so we just loaded up the whole family. And anybody with young children knows that nothing goes quick. So anyways, except. When you go fishing with them and 20 minutes into it, you, you pop a little baby musky. And so she's trying to reel it in. You know, I'm holding the rod and I, I'm i holding the rod one hand. She has another hand. She's trying to crank. I'm cranking in another rod at the hand. You know, I tell my wife to go try to reel in the other rod. So then my two-year-old starts reeling in rods. And I didn't realize this, but he's like, I got one, Daddy. And it was when he took the bait all the way to the top islet. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I think I lost I, I, I think that the swivel took out one of the eyelets but oh, uh, no. but he he got one. But anyway, so the fire tiger Bosch hadd came through for us 20 minutes in, but the funny thing was it was another one of those times I called the fish. We were, we were going, and I, I also had some, some help from Gearman because he he was catching these fish. He was up in town and uh, with his kids. His three-year-old got one the other day. And, uh, so anyways, we were going, he told me that when he was there, he caught one last night with his little girls. He says the bait was scattered, but they were able to pull one out. So I just, we didn't even make a loop. Realistically, yeah, we were like half a loop into where I started driving. So that means half a loop of six rods and, uh. Yeah, I, I saw. I'm like, there's nothing on the screen, nothing on the screen. Then arc, 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 arc. And I'm like, Kara, there's fish right here. And it wasn't a few seconds later, rod buckled. And uh, the funny thing was is that when we were going, <clears throat> there was another boat. And I don't know if the I'm, – I'm sure you guys can relate. You're trolling, and all of a sudden you see other boats setting up trolling. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what was happening. There was another boat in view. Now, a 250-acre lake isn't all that big. It could have been coincidental. but So he he's like trolling, and I'm like, I'm not really catching up to him. He's not really pulling away, and I, I knew what he was doing. And all of this happened while he was watching, you know, the, the, the rod going off, the net flying, and all these other pleasure boaters who just like to, I don't know, go in the middle of the lake and just turn off their motor and sit there. Yeah, I'll so, take it. So that way. <laughs> anyway, so we had some, that's nice. <laughs> we had some people going, but that's, that's my little, uh, story about Boss Shad. My little girl got, I didn't even measure it. it we, we got, we got some good photos and I was going to measure it, but, and, and this was a humongous wake came off a boat and just went over the splash rail over the, like the back deck area and just covered me. You know, because those boats, they were ski boats pulling tubers and skiers. So when that hit me, it it threw me forward. I dropped the fish. It's flopping in the boat. I just grab it and I just like spear it into the water. Mm -hmm. Just be, you know, at that point, I felt like it was out of the water for 10 minutes, but it was probably 10 seconds. Yeah. Because I just picked it up immediately. It wasn't like it was flopping there and we were chasing it and the kids were stepping on it. But anyway, so I picked it up. I just launched it in the water, and it it went boop. Tail started swimming. I'm like, perfect. And uh, anyone out there, water temperature was 77.5. Oh my! Was I good, or was I flirting with disaster?
2: I don't know, man. You're good.
0: I got a you're good, and I got an I don't know, man. So yeah,
2: I I I think you're good, <clears throat>
1: but you're fine.
0: Okay. Anyways, so that's yep. that boshad pulled it out 20 minutes of hard fishing then we packed it up we, we literally all
1: fish the last couple of days on boshads i knew vance got one mm-hmm. last last day you fished or did it yeah a couple of days yeah. ago I got, I got one a couple of days ago last day i did yeah. some trolling so yep we're getting them, we're
2: getting them. So. i haven't i haven't trolled much this season you know yeah yeah pool wanted to do a lot of casting i Spent, like one serious full day all all, all trolling yeah uh, a couple days ago and uh yeah gosh I' got it it was it was a fire tiger
3: too
0: yeah water visibility here was not good at all it oh. was it was awful so I went bright
1: <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we caught all ours on a mud puppy exclusive yeah color that's right yep. I also had someone in the boat that said they picked up a boss shed at Mark's they said there's this little shop over in Ohio near West Branch Lake and I was like oh Mark's Bay Tackle and Ammo and they're like oh yeah how'd you know that
0: because I talk about them once a week <laughs> Yeah. now how do you pronounce that's all it? I know about it up north we, we, we pronounce it Ravenna you southern boys say Ravenna Ravenna Ravenna, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ravenna. Ravenna. Nice. All right. Todd, talk about the guiding.
1: Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Give us a call, Vance, and I will do our best to get you on some fish. We've had some tough days. We've had some good days. Got some nice fish here this season, but uh, the trolling seems to be pretty challenging for everybody. I know it's real challenging right now because uh, after the fourth, man, this place is really, really. I broke a rod couple reels this week just the weed patches are insane uh I've, it's probably as, it's probably about the worst i've seen it it's about, it's really about as bad as it can get <laughs> i don't know what to say there but yeah i mean we've, we've still been doing a lot of casting but uh give us a call we do both uh we're picking up some fish and uh we're ready to go right through november not a lot of stuff left open in july and august if you're looking for those times there's a few there you know we have some days floating around but not a whole bunch september october we're hoping to get a lot of these ski boats out of here and uh, get some nice fishing conditions
0: nice and st croix rods best on earth so say you're looking for a fishing rod vance what company would you look at first? St. Croix. Now, why is that? Breakfast,
2: breakfast, lunch, and dinner, man. They're the best. They get, We use them all the time. Never fail me. And they have a great warranty. Great company.
0: Perfect. USA. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, Vance, let's get these power rankings rolling.
2: Yeah, uh Podcast power rankings. Send in your submissions. We'll get you involved. We've been doing it since the turn of the year. Uh, You have anything you want to talk about or get involved with the rankings? Send it in, Um, and we will get you on. Tough to get you on on these days when we're all on the phone, uh, but we will get to your guys' submissions. Um, Coming in at three. Andy.
0: All right. This, uh, as you two know, but the the most of the audience does not know, uh, our shop that I work at was on shutdown. So I had nine days off, and I was able to go fishing three times. And two of those times, I was on Lake Erie looking for dinner. And, Vance, do you remember those bugs, mm-hmm. those flies? I don't know what the heck was going on, but we're a legitimate fish at least three miles offshore, maybe five in that realm. It all depends on, you know, on w- where you count shore at. But, uh, and what that means is, you know, Presque Isle sticks out in the lake very far. So anyways, there's all of these flies. I don't know where they come from, but you're in the middle of the lake. You're, you might be the only boat for a half a mile all the way around you. And there's flies covering everything. And they're biting you and they're terrible. But when you get that one fly that's buzzing around your head and you like turn all your senses to it and you're like when you land I'm going to get you and it lands and you do that like super just like that slap on your own head. You don't care how much it hurts. And you feel (laughs) it crunch. And then I don't know I sometimes like to make sure that they don't fly away and I like roll my hand down the side of my head and I'll, I'll like barrel roll this little fly down my my scalp that feeling of satisfaction that you took his life is is yeah, is a positive in my eyes. oh
1: yeah
2: <laughs> getting the boat bug
1: are they just black flies like regular like house, house fly looking things yeah,
0: to to me yeah they they look like i've always called those deer flies the little black flies and the green ones are horse flies that's the way i've always known them they're like a like a deer fly only they seem to be More dainty. They look like a housefly. Yeah. But they bite. They were biting through my socks. Oh yeah. And I don't get it. the 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 fly isn't as thick as my sock is. Yeah. How can it get through?
1: They love the white socks. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how they get through those things. That whole Great Lakes is like that. Lake St. Clair. We used to have fly swatters when we were trying to fish there. Well, it was horrible sometimes. And they like the white socks bite right through your sock.
0: But I, how? What do they got in their I, mouth? Like I don't know. alien? <laughs> that that it's tongue like a, that you, comes out with a mouth on yeah, it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it happens.
0: It does and It hurts.
1: Yeah, I have I
2: have bites all over my legs from those things.
0: Does Chautauqua uh, get those hatches?
2: They get like the mayfly. They they don't they don't uh,
1: they don't bite. Hmm.
0: No. They just—you don't like them on you because it's still an insect.
1: Well, they—they're very annoying because sometimes you can't even like they fly in your eyeballs and mm-hmm. like there's—they're—they're they're not like those flies. They're like five thousand times more. They're just these little bugs that come off the water, and uh, we haven't had a hatch yet. I haven't seen any carcasses. Mm-mm. Maybe that'll get uh, things going.
0: Maybe yeah, they'll come and eat all the weeds.
1: Yeah.
2: Some people yeah. say they could see him on their sonar. Yeah, uh, I have you ever have you ever
1: seen that, Todd? Like them get on the water like that, or you, know, you, you could head. see them. You like it, the big mayfly hatch, like in towards the end of June at mm. uh, Lake St. Clair. You can definitely your screens all just messed up, and there's carcasses everywhere. But that's insane. Mm. That's where I don't know if we ever talked about that. There's times that they're they're cleaning the streets with snow shovels.
0: The I remember bells. you talking I don't think we were yeah. on the, the the show but you told yeah, us about on the, that.
1: On podcast, yeah. Like if the wind blowed was blowing right that Bell River area, they li- literally were sh- you could shovel them with snow shovels and they were putting them in the back of pickup trucks and stuff at all the little restaurants and on the main oh. street. It's, it's you have to see it to believe it. It's like a horror. It's something out of like a
0: Film. It's out of the Bible. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's it's, nice. it's yeah. It's 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 crazy. The mayfly hatch up there is that's something you have to see it to believe it. Can't even explain it. You just walk down the street. You can just reach down and just pick it up like you're picking up hay in a hayfield. Yeah. Like Nothing. Yeah. When, that, when that's dead mayflies.
2: When, when that starts at Chautauqua, I always. You just get pinged in the face by them on my boat when you're driving, you know. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, getting up on plane, you know, driving 40, 50 mile an hour, they hit you. kind of stings.
0: To <laughs> should wear a helmet.
2: Always wearing glasses, even in the evening, you know. You can start seeing a little bit less, but you got to wear them because it'll go right into your eye.
0: Take a pair of uh, clear safety glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I used to do with with the motorcycle because I had a tinted windscreen, and and mm-hmm. uh, when it was nighttime, I just flipped that thing up, put on clear safety glasses, and I'd ride with the the visor up. Some Bonos. No, they were just safety glasses. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. Yeah,
2: so getting the getting the getting the boat though, yeah. Just, God, we had many opportunities on that when we were on Erie. We'll talk about that a little bit, though.
0: Yeah, but coming
2: in at two, coming in at two is going to be mine. Uh, this week's podcast power ranking coming in two. It's going to be the musky jaw, uh, and usually you find them in a, you know unfortunate situations. You know, usually that musky's dead. Uh, what comes to mind is one that washes ashore something like that you see it uh, maybe decayed or or anything like that but you can get those jaw bones and i you know it sucks to see him dead and whatnot but i sure do like i know todd has some musky jaw jaws uh and that's always something i go right for in his his game room or anything like that pick them up and examine it they just are really interesting to see the teeth and uh yeah, you know, that big mandible. You think... A couple that you you have, they're from, from some pretty nice fish, you know. Yeah. You know, big one with teeth yeah. on them. But, yeah, the, the
0: musky jawbone. I do not have a musky jawbone. I do have a shark jawbone when I was in Florida back in the middle 90s.
1: <laughs>
0: I imagine it's Kind of the same, but...
1: I tell you, yeah, the musky jawbone's not that much... I mean, it's it, it's crazy, you know, when the thing's dead, dried out. There's a lot of teeth. They they, they look surreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a lot of teeth, and you can still get cut on those teeth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though the thing's been dead for two years. But. Yeah, you would mm-hmm. want
0: to find them... When they died, fall, winter, or spring, because they lose those teeth in the summer. If you guys don't know, I so
1: I heard that. <laughs> I heard that tale. They have a soft mouth. Yeah. Did somebody say that?
0: Yeah, that's that's oh, yeah. like a, a that's myth, an old tale for a yeah. long time. Oh, Their mouth gets sore in the summer, and they don't bite or something like that. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: <laughs> In the middle of the season when everybody's pretty much fishing for
1: them, they lose their teeth. Late summer, that was the old tale that was like, they're not hitting their, their, they've lost their teeth. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. I had an older fellow on the boat the other day that brought it up. Do you think they're losing their teeth now? I said, no, I don't think they're losing their teeth right now. What do you do? The, the, you know,
0: you go scuba diving, and you're like, this is a really nice beach area. Yeah. Wait, don't <laughs> step here. It's filled full of musky teeth and zebra mussel shells. <laughs> You'll lose your true. foot.
1: Old timers used to talk about that, yep. Lose Whoa. their teeth at the end of the summer. Awesome. Soft mouth. jeez. That is crazy.
2: <laughs> I love that stuff.
0: The old myths or the...
2: The old myths, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and just, like, them being brought up on a boat, and you're just like, what? I can't believe it, you know. You got, I, I, we could show them a muskie with some teeth if we could catch the damn thing, you know, and be like, here, this one has some teeth. Yeah,
3: there's a teeth,
2: there's a couple teeth here. Yeah. but the muskie job, though. Love them. I personally don't have one. It's been, you know, you kind of, if you do find a floating one, a lot of work involved with that. Uh, but
0: one day I'll get one. Carry a machete and when there's a floater, just kind of go by and like whack it. Yeah. And then scoop up the jaw and just zing it into one of your 50 million storage compartments. Yeah, just don't absolutely. forget about it for a week.
2: Yeah, a will stink. Yeah, they, they smell. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then uh, so two is a musky job on coming in at one. Todd,
1: take it away. Yeah, This gets into just uh, everybody fishing, but really relating back to the one, doing the guide trips. You know, that easy fish. Start the day, pull in, get one casting in the first few minutes, set trolling rods. I really like it when I don't even get all six out and we get one in the boat, you know. just takes a big relief off the day.
0: Mm-hmm. And you don't have to reel in extra rods.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, and quick, and that quick easy fish. That's a nice way to get the day started. Absolutely. I will take those any day.
2: Even if it's like the bad luck one you get it on the first cast. I was just still, about yeah. to
0: bring that up. You don't want it on the first cast. It's With the exception like, of the rule that Todd's going to bring up maybe not <laughs> not that I <I've... laughs> no, <brought>
1: <laughs> cuz I well I was going to ask so how many times have you got one on the first cast?
0: You know, I can't remember, like, the exact number, but it's happened more than once. It has, okay. It has happened more than once, including the time that, what was it, two years ago now?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I've when, had when,
2: when you guys went out together.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, with my uncle, and we got nine. Mm-hmm. That was a first cast fish. Well, in that completely. Yeah, there's been another time, and I'm trying to exactly pinpoint it. I but don't, your
1: other first cast could have been one of your
0: 20-minute trips. <clears throat> well, uh, yes. Uh, and that, that's I'm you trying was, to pinpoint what time it was first. when I was standing on the bank. Yeah. It's, so
1: if you catch one on the first cast and you only really take 50, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah, but it's you, if you would have got one on the second, you could have got one on the fourth, too. Because yeah. it's not bad luck on the second <laughs> cast. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. No, but it... it, it All of them have been bank yanking. I I think there's only been one first cast in a boat for me. So, but yeah, I I like the easy fish. That's what I always, when I'm kind of like helping a buddy out, like learning, teaching him how to bank yank. And, you know, obviously you want to pick the spots apart, but I tell him, listen, there could be other people coming here at any minute. Get the easy fish. Cast the whole thing, like just rough it in. Hit that spot, hit this spot, hit this spot, then work it, work it over good. Hit where you think the fish are going to be, and and just get the easy one because you don't want to let someone else come and take your easy fish. Mm-hmm. So that's my two cents on that.
2: Right. All right, that's your podcast power rankings for this uh, week's episode. Get a hold of send in your submissions via Facebook message, Instagram. You know how you can get a hold of us. So send them in. We'll get you involved and uh, talk some musties.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, this podcast, we've been initially just been putting on the back burner because, what was it, about maybe a month ago was when I I went walleye fishing. And this was a really good callback to a very early episode. And it had to do, it was podcast number two. It was named Andy's Rant and it was talking about, initially what stemmed the whole thing was this set of planer boards that I had. Now I want to bring back the planer boards as a follow-up to it. Yes, it took two years for me to get a follow-up on these planer boards, but it's (laughs) happened. And not only was it myself and another friend who's not a big fisherman using them, but then a trip that was less than a week ago with Vance using them and just how incredibly awful these things were and why oh, wow. it took me two years to, to do all this stuff. But anyways, let's, let's, I'm going to, re- I'm going to recall a little bit here. The, these were locally made and from a guy and I actually got in touch with the guy because they were not pulling very well when I, when I used them actually with the first time with Vance. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, of course, (laughs) we, (laughs) what do you want well. no, and (laughs) I guess that this can, this crosses in almost every single way to muskie fishing, except for the fact that I was using them for walleye on Lake Erie. And
2: I mean, I couldn't imagine, yeah, and and we'll tie this into trolling uh, for muskies with with a mass system. But, uh, you know, with what Andy's about to describe here, I, I just, I couldn't imagine what those things would look like with some musky plugs being pulled. That would just be a mess, but
0: yeah. So I, I'll kind of paint the picture again. You know, what was a hundred podcasts ago. Um, I have my 17 foot Ranger and when I sold my 20 foot Crestliner. I sold the mast and the boards with it and I modified my boards to pull tight because I want a nice spread. I don't want to have, you know, if anyone out there has run a mast with boards, some of the worst things you can have is if you have, let's just say two, three, four lines on, on each, you know, big board line to have that line really start drooping bad. And the board struggling to keep that line tight. It just, it, it makes it that much harder. Is it doable? Yes. And so with the with the Ranger, I'm like, I want to find a, this really nice solution to not needing a big heavy-duty mast system that's going to take up a lot of room. So I made my own mast with just an aluminum pipe that fits into my seat base, and I have like four hooks on it, uh, two hooks on each side, and I just wrap the line you know, above and below, above and below. I don't have the reels. It's light. It gets the job done. So two years ago, Vance and I were out going, you know, we were going for walleye, and they the boards just could not do it. The boards struggled. Essentially, I would say they started struggling with one reef runner, one of the, you know, the the main walleye, the deep diving one, not the big giant reef runner. And, um, you know, we'd run two on it. Three was out of the question. So I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. And then we did the little rant thing because the guy, when I started talking to him about possible solutions for this, started talking about musky fishing and and so on and so forth. Um, One of his solutions was I was running too heavy a main line. And the line that I'm running was sold to me as 300-pound Power Pro. It's a braid, and it's meant for hard-pulling boards. And his his theory was the line weighed too much. So a hundred foot of this 300 pound Power pro, which is, I would say roughly the diameter of like 20 pound braided nylon rope that you buy in the 500 yard spools that fit in your hand at the hardware store, weighed too much for these boards. Well, I wasn't about to change and, and put on anything else because I can't see how that would actually make a difference. We're talking an ounce. So with that, fast forward two years, and I was out with with my my buddy Eric. He he caught a real nice fish with me last June in 2016, musky fishing. He wanted to go again, but I said, let's just go for some dinner. So he lives up in Erie. We went out of Erie. Same deal. I put two lines out on that thing. And it's struggling, and it's a mess. You know, it it's it's terrible. Cause I, I I hook rubber bands. I have braid on all my rods and reels, and so I take a rubber band, I loop it around the line, and then I put it on a shower curtain hook, hook it onto the board mast line, and send it out. So I have this rubber band here stretching. And the way you get them off is a fish hits, you reel in, the, you know, you reel in to the band starts to stretch, and you, the theoretically the fish should break the rubber band, but they're not because these are, this is a crop of small fish in Lake Erie that we're not used to. And so you have to break the rubber band. So you like reel in the slack and then you pull really hard. And in theory, the rubber band should break. Well, mm. Vance, what mm. happens when you pull really hard?
2: Well, when I, when I would pull really hard, all I would do is make the board skip <laughs>
0: The board would come out of the water, and come at us no less than eighteen inches.
2: Oh, it was so bad.
0: So you got a like a a really light rubber band pulling the board out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so you got you got to really paint this picture. This is on a shower curtain hook on a rope that isn't connected like it's rigidly connected there it could slide on the rope if it had less resistance than actually pulling it out of the water and skipping the whole board in so
2: oh my gosh yeah that i mean that was so bad and to paint another picture i mean i was trying to snap that that gum band you know i did it so many times and you would just see the fish on the surface (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> being drugged by by the boat, you know, and I'm trying to pop the thing off so I can reel it in, and it's just not happening. And the fish is all the way just being pulled
0: back there. It's just it's just laying back on the surface. Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, th- this was this was an eye opener this year on Erie because I'll, I'll give a real quick background. The 2003 and I believe the 2007 hatches were very strong and. We had been enjoying, you know, for the last handful of years, some really giant fish, like stupidly big fish, and just like an endless supply of them. Well, until this year, and I'm going off of a a memory, the 2015 hatch was really good, and now those fish are getting bigger, but they're not, most of them aren't legal, they're borderline, and... So we're dealing with, like, 14 to 15-inch walleye now instead of 28 to 30-inch, you know, average 8-pounders. You're dealing with half-pounders. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not breaking over bands. In fact, when they when the boat starts pulling them along, like Vance said, they're skipping on the surface in the back. And more or less when that happens, and it happens a lot in the day, you just reel them like you would a bass in a tournament. You'd skip them in. Mm-hmm because a hook in their face is a hook in their face. It really gets them good. Mm-hmm. So anyways, still disappointed with that because I ran those with Eric. Well, Vance and I we were able to, to meet up and this is a, a notable trip. Um, we pull a we pull an evening trip almost last minute and because mm-hmm. uh, we were watching the wave report and all that stuff, well,
2: I did a half day charter
0: you did a half day you made it to like, Erie mm-hmm. and we went and launched like what time did we launch? like five thirty or something
2: yeah, pretty late day.
0: you literally had enough time to put your truck in park and then hop in your girlfriend's car and drive down to the lake because you had the boat he he yep. literally made it by the skin of his teeth. I was about to shove off and, and go by myself. No, I wasn't. Yep. I was going to wait for him no. because I was yeah. just parking my <laughs> truck. But uh, so, anyways, we get out and uh, we get out through the brake wall and we start going. And what was it like? A, an east wind or something? And it,
2: yeah, it was a northeast wind.
0: Northeast. Yeah, I knew there was an, an east was a predominant factor in that.
2: And Which is a bad is a bad wind for that lake.
0: I like... Yeah, I mean... It's terrible for that lake. Yeah. And uh, so we start going. We get out not too far from the break wall. I get this thing, get the boat up on plane. And we hit essentially rollers. And you don't normally get a lot of rollers on Erie. You normally get like a really hard chop mm-hmm. that, that goes up and down. But we are getting these what seemed to be general rollers until you went 30 miles an hour. Then a 200 quart cooler with ice comes falling off the front deck and just goes everywhere.
2: Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, it flipped perfectly for that entire cooler to spill ice and worms <laughs> everywhere. It was disgusting. <laughs> Andy was trying to get over these, these rollers. Though, and you know, were your sandwiches in there? No, nothing is in there. No. No. But, I mean, we, we you know, he, he wants to open up that engine and go. We were bouncing everywhere, man. It was crazy.
0: Well, okay. I wanted to at least add some background to that before people think that I'm just like, yahoo, and drop it. It's, you are. Well, yes, no, but there's, yeah, there's also, everybody are. knows that, 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 that has a boat that can go a decent speed. That if you go 15 miles an hour, it's just as rough if you maybe go 30 miles an hour. If you can just skip the tops of these. Mm -hmm. And and I was, you got to experiment to do that. And so I got going. That's when the cooler fell and everything went everywhere. And we finally got things set back up. And it seemed the further out in the lake we got, the smoother it was getting. It could have been the wind was dying. Who, Who knows? But, Vance, do you remember what I did?
2: Drove insane. (laughs)
0: We were, we were doing like 30 miles an hour and I'm like, let's see what happens when I do this and I drop it. All of this plays this, all of this plays a big part. in what we all, uh, both of us, all three of us know what happens at the very end. But this is part of the thing that's leading up. So I just let the boat skip us 45 miles an hour across relatively like my prop wasn't venting, but we were scooting across the lake. I wouldn't say it was uncontrollable, but Vance was sitting there just like laughing. Like
2: I, I was I was like nervously laughing, having fun laughing. I was scared at points. though. I mean that that is <laughs> that's a, that's a little too fast. I mean you know when I go forty five in my boat, it just it feels a little bit different. You know because the Rangers uh, it's a it's a it's a tinier boat, and it, it feels like you're going. Like double that in that boat. Mm-hmm. At least it did. At least it did to me. I mean, you just feel like you're walking on the water with that, that
0: thing. Yeah, it, it, it probably also. It's different when you're driving it. Yeah, when you have control of it. So, anyways, this is all playing into something else. This is the reason why I'm spending so much time on the fact that I was horsing around, and uh, so we get out to the fishing grounds and. I pull out my modified planer boards, which (laughs) (laughs) they
2: were like half Terminator. There was metal all over.
0: I have these little little baby boards, wooden boards, and I added this aluminum keel to it on an angle. And I have like these lips, and I have different angles and stuff set. Oh my gosh! Because it's 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 insane.
1: (laughs) Anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Terminator musical play.
1: Yeah.
2: It was Andy, I had no idea. I mean, but Andy's a, you know, a very smart guy. Uh but my god, uh, you know, he 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 throws this half terminator bionic planer board out there. And uh
0: well, w- w- the first one didn't work all that well. So then I started like I, I made it didn't this Didn't
2: work at all.
0: No, it, it worked the same as – now, anyone out there that thinks planer boards are just cut and dry, there's a lot of geometry you got to think about on how that thing's going to pull in order to pull tight and stay outside the, the, the boat. There's a lot of placement stuff, and so there's a lot of experimenting. So I made these uh, essentially aluminum runners so I could adjust them out, out in the boat hoping to find a sweet spot so I could fish in peace. And not curse them every three seconds, so
1: those would be great on Chautauqua to pick up the extra floaters.
0: No, they wouldn't because they would just like give up. they'd be like <laughs> there's a leaf from like a lily pad that hits them, and they'll just like, oh, they'll flip over and just take out your whole line So I started adjusting this, and I finally got one to run really good. Remember that right board that was running really good. I go set up the left and I said, "Hey, Vance, look at the right board, and where was it?"
2: It was diving to to the depths. It, it was gone.
0: It was a dipsy at that point. It yeah. pulled itself oh, so geez. hard. It, because, when I was pulling I, it in, it reminded me of a loon because it was just sunk under the water. Oh. It, yeah, was that was, it was terrible.
2: It was just, it was burying. That can be, thought, that can I, be really bad. I know. Oh, I yes. was like, my my God, you know, if these things actually did pull and do their jobs, you know, I could flip the boat. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what's going to happen here? I was like, is that mask going to break and come flying? Yeah. face? I didn't yes. know what the hell was going on. Andy was doing all this jacking around with these with these Terminator planers. And I just threw out some boat rods and was just like, I don't know. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to throw these out, put them in a rod holder, whatever.
1: We had one going to water up there at St. Clair one time in these big waves, and, you know, the the line was peeling off the reel of the mast. So, I was up there, I'm just like, I'm just going to cut the line. And, uh, <laughs> look, I mean, I thought it was going to just rip something right off the side of the boat, and then look back sort of at an angle behind the boat. That thing shot out of the air like a like a dolphin jumping up. It just, you know, it got flipped back over underwater or something. and I mean, it shot out of the air like 10 feet. Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I get that one and I correct it. I get the boards to run barely acceptable. And I'm, at this point, I, you know, there's always a tipping point where you, you get something, and I think I explained in the first podcast, I got this as those boards as like, okay, this bait shop probably isn't going to pay me, so I'm going to walk out of here with something. So I took them off the shelf. So
1: I was standing there with you.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, I thought those little things ain't going to work, but, I mean,
0: yeah. Oh, it's better than not getting paid. <laughs> I thought that they'd pull at least a walleye bait. <laughs> Don't go too in-depth. Put them on eBay. Well, they got yeah. holes all through them for me running screws and testing different oh, yeah. angles. I don't. I wouldn't even. I couldn't sell them with a straight face. I I'd, I'd give them away and be like, "Yeah, good luck with them." But uh, anyway, so we get that to run good, uh, acceptably, not good.
2: We really don't. I mean, they do not run good at all. No. we 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 got them, We got them to. To be fishable, but we were still skipping those things.
0: Oh, yeah. You try to break a rubber band, you got to snap it four or five times. and Yeah. It just was so frustrating. But we ended up, we didn't we didn't get two-man limit, but we got, like, one-and-a-half-man limit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was pretty good. <clears throat> we caught a
2: bunch and threw a bunch back.
0: Oh, yeah, we caught a... Yeah, we did. We would have got probably a three- or a four-man limit if we didn't have to throw those fish back. Mm-hmm. So... Anyways, we uh, hindsight. I don't know why we launched at that launch, and so we had to go a long way back because we trolled away from the boat launch. So we're I don't think I horsed around too much, but it was still a long trip at you know 30, 35 miles an hour, and uh, we get back into the dock and. The boat seemed to be running a little bit rougher, but I'm like, well, it's still running. Who cares? So I, I leave Vance at the the boat, and I say I'm going to go back the truck in. I don't get halfway to the truck, and I hear Vance yelling from the boat, which is now, what do you think, 100 yards behind me? Mm-hmm. I hear, it shut off. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in so much of the, my
2: classic, it shut off. And, but uh, it like, did shut off, and you know I'm not used to those, like uh, you know those old two strokes and stuff like that. With how, you know, so I didn't I didn't try to to mess with it too much. I turned the key, and you know when you know Todd and Andy, you guys know your motors. You know the sweet spot, how to get them running and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, I was just like, Ugh, I'm not I'm not going to do this because I don't want to mm-hmm. like flood mm-hmm. it. Or anything like that. <laughs> Little did I know that we probably couldn't have flooded it at this this, this moment. But Andy will get oh, into it.
0: So I back I back the boat in, uh, the 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 boat trailer in, and uh, I'm like, oh okay, well I'll go and I and you know, I hit the key. It's like, I'm like, okay. And now there's there's not a lot of people there, but there's enough to where I'm not going to make a spectacle of this. So I go back and I start squeezing the primer bulb. I'm like. Man, it's like there's nothing there. Maybe I popped the fuel line somewhere, you know, whatever, but whatever. So I dropped the Tarova, and I pull it on with the Tarova. We hook it up. We get out of there. And uh, I think when it was on the trailer, I I hit it, and it, it ran for a few seconds. And I'm like, well, okay, that's whatever. So I'm trying to remember the exact moment when it was. But I turned the key and I looked at my gas gauge, and the gas gauge was totally empty. So I ran out of gas.
2: Oh jeez! So but you put, but you put five gallons in prior.
0: I did put five gallons, and, that, and that, here's here's me preferencing this was five I, gallons. I put I put five gal. Now keep in mind, I really don't know what kind of gas mileage I get out of this boat, and I never used to troll with the main motor. So I ran the one fifteen for. What do you think it was? A solid four hours? Yeah. Yeah, four hours with probably at least eight to ten miles running, which isn't all that much. But I used it when I went with Eric and trolled with it the whole time then. Then I got home, and before I left for the trip, I dumped five gallons of of premix in it, thinking, okay, if there's something in the tank, which I theorized was ten gallons, I had no idea. I don't trust the gauge. I don't know where it's at at any time. I just always like, okay, I had this much in it. I think I used this much. Eventually that's either going to lead me to, I'm going to put five gallons in it and I get gas brewing out at, you know, two gallons added or you run out because I can, I can fairly easily check. There's like a a couple bolts, this whole flap lifts up and there's my tank. It's a 24 gallon tank. Every once in a while, I'll take a flashlight, hit it against through the, Somewhat clear, and you can see where the gas line is. So, anyways, I get home, and I check it, and it's bone dry. All that jacking around. Had I known that I was screwing around, and I was just burning fuel, it shut off. A hundred yard, you know, normal person walk to my truck.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, it the, it got us right around the wall, man. We we were we were tied up. You know, you were out walking to go get the truck, and then it just shut off. It was perfect.
0: Yeah, I thought with the fifth, with the five gallons I put in, I had 15 gallons of gas. So I was like in first denial that I was out of gas, and I checked the gauge. And I'm like, oh, the gauge reads empty. Confirmed it with the flashlight when I got home, and that was that was just and then crazy.
2: I, I I asked you, I was like, you're getting to use this boat this week. I was like, "When when's this... Uh
0: <laughs> When's, what,
2: what year is this gas from? I was like, is this from 2014?
0: It, yeah, you made the comment that the fish we were keeping were younger than the fuel in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dude. a good thing that came of that was the fact, other than the fact that it was slightly embarrassing and ran out of fuel, however, it was at the dock. So, it wasn't that really big of a setback. Fishing didn't get interrupted. I just had to use a couple of electrons to me to the trailer and then we winched it on mm-hmm. and um, but now I have a, a, a fuel tank that is full of fresh premium fuel that'll be there till probably 2019
2: <laughs> <laughs> so well, next year when you get to fish more than 20 minutes in a, in a week's time you may, know, you could,
0: maybe next vacation. yeah possibly but I'm going to tell you this Once that fish got released today, that little Mm muskie, my wife's like, oh, my gosh. She's like, that's so exciting. And I'm like, well, send me the picture so I can send it to Todd and Vance and, you know, whoever else, you know, should see this fish. And she's like, well, hold on. I'm like, when am I going to get this? She's like, well, I had to text everyone at work. I had to text my parents. I texted your, like, why am I last? So now she's she's pumped. So I might be able to go another time this year. So.
2: One more time.
0: Yeah, okay. I was wondering if anyone caught on to that.
2: One, just one more time.
0: Just one more time. So, after that trip with Vance, I went the next morning with Gearman Steve and with no boards. I left them at home. I'm done with them. I washed my hands of them. And me and Gearman, we we did all right. We, we punched a ticket. It took us six hours, but we did it. And we sorted through. We caught 36 walleye tickets to keep 12 and uh, yeah, awesome. no, no boards, but we, we had a decent spread down to where if anyone's out there, you don't necessarily, if, if you're walleye fishing, you don't need planer, planer boards really. If you know how to run Dipsy divers in long line and stuff and just stagger things correctly. And you know, mm-hmm. we got it done the old fashioned way. And, but that night I was, hey
1: you're, you must be calling me old fashioned. I've never put a board out on it.
0: Well, nope. you, you also run a mast. You've run a mast in Erie. <laughs> uh, not Erie. Should talk. I do.
1: I do it. No. Well, yeah. Occasionally. Yeah.
0: So I mean, it's you know how to do it. I mean, when yeah. next year all the launches in Erie are going to be absolutely packed, you're not going to believe some of the trailers that people will pull these boats down in because walleye fishing is going to be so easy next year. Yeah. It's going to be. Yeah. And generally, those anglers, and there's nothing wrong with it, tend to run dipsy divers. And you'll see these boats with these 12-foot dipsy rods and the dipsies and everything attached to them sitting there at the dock. And when they run, you watch these dipsies smashing the rod and jingling and jangling. And that's the old-fashioned way for the people who have trouble running boards. Mm -hmm. So that was my thing, but I did it for years before I learned how to run a mast. Which once you learn how to run it, it's very, very easy and very nice on a lake that has no weeds and you have endless miles to turn around. It's not Yeah,
2: s- so like let's transition that into uh the advantages and disadvantages of using a mast system because there's a lot of people that do it in uh St Clair in the most, yeah in the when you're trolling, I think of St Clair, of course, the most uh, when people run the big masts over boat rods and uh you know inlines um, you know, what are your guys' thoughts on that i see I see people
1: do it at Chautauqua too, I don't know how they do it with all these weeds and stuff, but I um, don't.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's a lot more work, but I mean, some of the guys that are really into it and they're diehards and they catch a ton of fish. They don't like the inlines, uh, mm-hmm. and and they're running the big boards. I mean, the big boards. That line's just going directly in the water. Mm-hmm. Right now, you can't. I can't even get. I'm letting the rod out behind the boat, uh, weaving it through weeds before I can. Get it in the just to get it in the rod holder and get it tipped down, you know. The for me the inlines, yeah, they're a pain to reel in because you got to grab that rod and you got to crank your butt off. But uh, the inlines are sweeping a lot of that stuff. That that inline board gets weeds on it real quick. Mm-hmm. But it's like having it's it, it's it's like running a down rod almost to me. Mm-hmm. Lots of times I can tell it's pulling back real hard, and I'm like, well, there's weeds on that board, but I can still see the rod vibrating, Mm -hmm. you know. Right now, just to put a line out in this lake, just to set a line out, set your rod out the side of the boat and go, it's virtually impossible. You're going to have weeds all over your leader within... By the time you could clean two rods that they're... They're going to be on the other one. That's what I see with those uh, the boards. That's the you know that's one of the reasons I don't run the boards. The other thing, the the, the big boards. The other thing is just you know you got to keep that boat going. Mm-hmm. You can't just shut down. You can't just shut down when you have those big boards out. Yeah. When I'm dealing with the charters, we got to try to land these fish any way we can, and to have them trying to reel while the boat's still in gear. You know it that. It takes a lot of teamwork there. You got to have someone behind the wheel keeping the boards straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 it. They're two different, two different things there. Two totally different ways to fish with boards. <laughs> mm.
2: No, if you would, when you go up to St. Clair, you prefer the. You know, not big boards, my, or do you still run? Yeah, them?
1: but my, no, I I've never run those inlines at Saint Clair. My favorite way to fish Saint Clair is, if you got two guys, you're allowed to two poles a man. I put a couple, a couple boat rods out. I could have put a couple boor, uh, lines, and I just use one board. That's my mm-hmm. favorite way to do it. Because with one board out, I can always turn away from that board. Like when you mm-hmm. get a, a nice fish on or something. Just turn away from it. Just keep that thing tight one way. Mm-hmm. But you can bump it in and out of gear, and you know you can even stop if you get the wind right. You can you can stop the boat, land the fish. That's the way I like doing it. That's been the simplest way for me. Just putting out one one board, then you don't have to continue going straight.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I guess for the people who don't, you know, I'll I'll respond to that question in in a more long-winded thing here with starting out with the fact that running big boards at first seems very intimidating because like just like Todd says, there is you can stop, but it's for a few seconds and you got to get that boat back in gear. There is no stop, net it, unhook a fish, you know, whatever That, that there is. There's a lot going on with those big boards, and they rely on you going. Yeah. So, I mean, and when I say kick it out of gear, I'm not talking like kick it out of gear, coast to a stop. It's kick it out of gear, count to five, put it back into gear. Yep. Because as soon as the, those board lines are going to dip, those boards could start going, they could turn. They could be 180 degrees around. You start it up again, that board flips over, that whole side wipes out. And, and if that board gets caught in such a way that it now – cuts across the the you know the back of your boat that it's just it's 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 bad it can get bad real quick yeah with all that yeah. being said i find that when you have the room i would hands down run the big boards over the inlines any day just for the fact that that the setup of it now i'm going to uh, this is why my is going to get a little long winded the setup of, of the big boards, I'll, I'll do the setup of the uh, small boards first, the ones that clip on. You put your bait back so far. You take the little yellow board or whatever color your inline board is, snap it onto your line, set the board in the water, and you just thumb it out to the to the width that you want it out. Close your bale, and that's that. If a fish hits, some of them have contraptions to where a flag will go up if it's like a walleye, um, a muskie you probably don't need that cuz generally that board really starts full and back or completely under <laughs> and it sucks to contend with a board that's on your line. Mm. I hate contending with the board. I have that video of Jumpin' Jimmy throwing it somehow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, but what's nice with those small boards, the advantage is, is any boat can run them. You don't need anything special. And they're relatively inexpensive, and they work very well. If you have the room to run a mast, Erie, St. Clair, any great lakes, I'm sure you could run them on some bigger bigger lakes in you know, Minnesota and stuff like that, is on on my crestliner, I would have to troll with the iO. A nine nine just didn't do it well enough. It, it could get me to speed. But it just was not enough prop to keep me going straight. So I kick the I/O into gear, and I'd be doing three and a half, four miles an hour, just idling. You put these boards out, and all, now it's all this extra drag. It's put stress on the boat, but it, it it slows you down, and to me, it stabilizes the boat. You you can you, the boat isn't as wandery in wind because you got forces holding it. So, then what you do, so you got these boards out. Let's just say you set them at 150 feet off each side. So now your boat's 300 foot wide. You got to know how to run the boat. You can't turn on a dime. You're turning in a half mile. So don't run them tight into a perch pack. You, you just, you got to know how much room you need. It's like driving a bicycle than driving a big rig, they don't turn the same. So. You have enough room to play around, and you set out your first line. Generally speaking, how I try to do it, but it it never ends up this way. So it, it the rule doesn't hold hold true. I'll say, okay, I'm gonna put this reef run 120 foot back. So you put 120 foot out, and however you want to attach the line to the planer board line, you do it. You put the rod in the holder or whatever. You you just let the bail go, and it runs down all the way until you stop it. Then you set out the next next bait. Say it's whatever hundred hundred feet back then you snap it on and you let it out as far as you want it but not touching the other one you know you had spaces between them and the furthest rod out it for me is always the one closest to the bow of the boat and there's a progression there so let's just say you have four lines out on each planar board line when a fish hits say the fish hits on line number the third one out so it's the third furthest away When the fish pops the line, now you have slack in the line, and it was 100 feet back compared to the 120, and then the next one, stays staggers at 80, and the next one's at 60, there's enough line there to where that fish and the bait isn't going to tangle in at the other lines because of the distance from from the boat out. It keeps all the other lines clear. And um, so then you fight the fish behind the boat, and you bring it back in the whole time, like Todd says... You got to be moving. Mm -hmm. You get you get that fish in, you net it, and then so line number two. So right now at that point on that side, you have the furthest line out, the third furthest popped. You have line number two and line number one. You take number two, you send it out to the third position. Number one to the two position, and you move those rods up in that spread. Then you set out another you know the bait again, and you put it in the last holder taking what was originally position one. And to me, it sounds very easy because I know what I'm talking about, and it probably makes no sense to anybody who has no idea what they're talking about. But it's just this constant, you you have these out there, and where I struggle with inlines is having two off a side or three off a side, them running into each other, mm-hmm. especially with walleye. Now, we did very well with Ed that one whatever two three years ago todd mm-hmm. yeah
1: but ed has a place there he does it all the time right and i never really tried to do that walleye fishing going that slow but we yeah we didn't have a problem it'll let it fold back a little bit mm-hmm. so Get behind the other one but i mean there's 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 stuff happening i mean when you're running those big boards i mean anybody listening to fish of st Clair's used to it i mean they they're it's second nature to them, too, but we, we've, uh, like, I was up there with my buddy Nick one time, and uh it was his first trip up there. I knew how to run boards. I enjoyed running boards, uh, but we we were just on a real bad spell. Like, we were two for 22 or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, five out of 22 fish. We had all these fish on. We couldn't land a fish. They kept getting off, and I'm keeping them in gear, and I'm trying to you know, slow down, do what I can, and he gets a big one on. And it's calm, and he gets this big fish on. We saw the fish back there, and I said, "You know what? I'm done with this. We are landing this fish." I shut down the whole project,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and he's reeling the fish in, and uh, you know it comes up, and it, it's a musk. You know, it's a big musky. It does what it wants, and the board the lines are getting slack. You know, one line now is like dragging in the water. The fish is going to, and and the fish jumped almost jumped over the board line, you know, and didn't, but almost did. We ended up putting it in the boat. I mean, I have the pictures home. He's sitting in the back of the boat holding his 50-some-inch fish, and uh, the board line's, like, draped over the back of the boat. Let me tell you, we didn't fish for about a half hour. Mm-hmm. After that, all we did was, un- clean all up we did that was untangle stuff, yeah. That was going back to when we were using some of the uh, – what did they call them? The not the cheaters, the the hand lines.
0: The hand like line. Uh,
1: yeah, like you'd put one out and you'd put the uh, the slider. Okay. So what happened was I I reached up and I tightened to one board. I said, okay, we're good there, we're good here. Forgot about the slider, kicked it into gear. The slider was in. That's the only time I ever got something wrapped in the prop. Yeah, the slider line was in the prop, but uh, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Mm. And, but yeah, I mean, we we were literally down. So I mean, can you do it? Yeah, but that was just one of those deals. Where like, that's a big fish. We were putting it in the boat. I'm not going in and out of gear. Some of these guys have no problem. They just keep it going. And I I I I, I mean, it's different. I'm not, I'm just not accustomed to it. You know, we heard Tony talking about that with Greg. You know, he's now he's accustomed to that, keeping the boat going while you're bringing those fish in. hmm. Uh. I'm I'm still not real keen on that. I guess i not. You know I don't I don't like it. But
0: yeah, I've never I've never caught a muskie on a big board. I've caught them on the small boards and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess
2: yeah, you drag one of those big fish like that. You know, and you get them to the surface, and you get them like right behind the motor, and you got to net them. You know, I'd yeah, I'd, the, I'd get nervous you, when they're right well. On the you surface. have to be on.
1: You have to be on the same page. I mean, the person reeling has to keep reeling. I mean, it, 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 you know, they're doing it like the wall, like like we fish for walleyes on the big boats with the big boards. You just keep going. You got to keep pulling. You know, uh, but you got to get the person on the same page. They can't. I saw some of my friends land fifty some inches on those hand lines. You know, but you can't like fight the fish when you when you reel it in. You get to your slider line it's hand over hand you pull the person with the net has to be ready you got one shot you bring it in boom you net them mm-hmm. <laughs> I, have yeah. I have some fun stories about this the slider lines too sometime we'll have to talk about that
0: yeah it's yeah. It, it, it's it's an effective way it's not the cure all any planer board can be a just a nasty pain. You know, that, the one thing that I was worried about when I was with Steve was I was going to put, and I did put out those yellow inline boards. First off, I didn't know if a fish was going to be on it. Second off, all I need is for it to fall off in the middle of the Lake Erie. You're never going to find, if, if you fish Erie enough, yeah. you're going to drive by someone's yellow board floating in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You, it, it sounds dumb. It's open water. You will lose stuff that's bright yellow 100 yards oh, behind gosh. the back of the boat. And you turn around, you're like, where did it go?
1: I lost one on, on this lake. Mm-hmm. You know, less lost one. You know, the one thing, when you brought up that fishing with Ed that day. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the one difference was there. Do you remember how we were, I mean, we weren't fishing the way you're trying to fish right now. We, he, we were just like, there he, was like a...
0: It was like a weighted worm one, spinner. One,
1: yeah, like one little split shot on it. They were a lot different than what we were doing right now because we were those fish weren't very deep at all. That was in the early season.
0: Yeah, that was early June, and they were not deep at all. I mean, no, it was out we almost
1: flatlining. Could, worm harnesses practically.
0: Yeah, they were like an <laughs> eerie deer. It was like a, a, a yeah. molded lead yeah. head with a blade behind mm-hmm. it. Mm -hmm. and you know so at that point it was very speed dependent on where that was yeah where where it gets me is if i have 120 foot behind a board and the next line or board is 80 80 feet and it's a crankbait and and yeah if you start looking at, at your boat like a bird and you're 40 feet wide but you're four times the length as you are your width yeah There's a lot of things. You even think that you can turn sharp there. You're not. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was the difference. I mean, that's why that works so well. That was just the, uh, we were on, not like 40 feet line.
0: Yeah. It was, and and it's it's just, just, it's how they, how they they catch them. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to to just a little tidbit of the, the story with, uh, Steve, uh, we had a tangle from a Dipsy that, that hit another line. And I was, I was messing around with it for quite a long time because my pride was on the line, untangling it. And we had, we had four rods in the water. And Steve essentially, who never really trolled for ever for walleye and very minimally for, for muskie. I let him run the boat and he was running four rods while I was doing this. And, uh, He's like, oh, finally got a fish on this one rod. And I'm like, which rod is that? I'm going to back up a second. Everyone that I was talking to, when, when Vance and I were out, we were fishing next to Kickle, who was on, you know, one of the earlier podcasts. And uh, he was on another guy's boat, and we, we were sharing some information. He was telling us to go deep, go deep, go deep. I had other people telling me, you've got to go deeper to get underneath these these sublegal fish. Okay, fast forward. I'm, I'm fishing with uh, Steve now. <laughs> Steve has no no idea that I was being told we need to go deeper, deeper, deeper. So he put a reef runner out at 35 feet, and he jumped up. Finally, this one got hit, and he brought in a legal fish. It wasn't super legal, but it, it was legal. It wasn't a 28, but I think it was like a 16 or a 17. And he's like, I finally got I'm like, I'm wh- what? He goes, 35 foot out. I'm like... Everyone's telling us to put like 200 foot of line out with you know four ounces of lead to get these things deeper, and you caught one in, right in the top water column. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the thing, and the thing that gets, and this is this pays plays into part of the muskie that we got today. Was I was just looking at the electronics? He was. We were. We were getting arcs. in advance. do you remember seeing those arcs up high? Mm-hmm. Looking at the graph people were telling us that that was a mayfly hatch, but mayflies don't put these big arcs on the screen. Steve saw that and said, there's fish up high. I'm going to fish. I'm going to put one of my four rods up high and it paid off. Those fish are up there either eating bugs or eating the minnows that are eating the bugs. And just like me looking at the graph saying there's a, there's big fish right here. And then the rod going off, we had to troll around a while, but Steve finally got one to go. So Moral of the story is, if everyone's telling you to go deep, that doesn't mean don't put a rod shallow. If you have, if you can run more than one rod, I thought that was sure. Deep. So yeah, yeah, and, yeah absolutely. and and what was it? Uh, like Todd was, you were telling me today, like that your daughter picked out a, a bait color that you wouldn't normally pick out, and you started mm-hmm. catching fish on it. Yeah. And this like with Steve. He didn't know anything. He was completely new to it and I'm gonna try this. Rather than following back on your old habits. He just said, Ah, Andy's preoccupied picking out this mess and uh I'll do this. So I just it's it's neat when you're trying something and it works, I guess.
3: Yeah. Heck yeah.
0: So that's I a, like
2: that lightning in a bottle like that too especially if you could develop a pattern after that too some good bites
0: yeah and it's it's nice when there's fish there to bite and and there's actually something there and it's not just all insects <laughs> to to prove that you know cuz that's part of it there's times that I don't trust my my graphs i'm just like i don't know if i believe that that's actually what's down there mm-hmm. i i mean but there's no other way of knowing you have to trust them you might not yeah, believe them, but you have, <laughs> you have to trust them. You have to trust them. Yep. Absolutely. So, anyways, we're an hour and 15 into this one. Vance, you got anything to add about planer boards, walleye fishing, or anything like that?
2: Well, I'm solid, man. Good. You know, I, 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 I use when when I'm trolling for muskies uh, four boat rods and two inlines. Mm hmm. Never use. Never used the mast, I don't think I, I don't I don't see myself getting into it much, so
0: I see yourself doing it after I take you out with my new boards that I made in the middle I of the night just, a couple days yeah. ago. Yeah, not for I mean, musky, not for musky. I see you using them when you borrow my yeah. gear for walleye.
2: Well, yeah, probably because the easiness of just grabbing it, but yeah, for muskies you now i I like the little way of
1: mines and stuff
0: I'd, I'd agree with you there. Todd, you got anything?
1: No, just if it, you know if the if things play out right, it's fun. I've had fun up here at Chautauqua with the big board, but I gotta have somebody that can help, like knows what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: I guess that would be the other big it, thing. With it, it can be a lot of fun. Is you got to have two people that know what's going on because at yeah, any time, it a
1: big widespread. That's
0: nice. Yeah, one person controlling each side. If one person. Who let's just say that the driver is driving the boat and they have, you know, the uh, starboard side, and the other guy has the port. When when the guy is messing around with his on the starboard, you're like, hey, grab the wheel. That guy can then grab the wheel and still watch his side. You need to have. It's difficult running a big spread with only one person that knows what the heck's going on.
1: (laughs) Where it'd be fun to do is like uh, this fall. Thing things are uh, you know the. The weeds get cleared up a little bit, and the three of us go out. Now we can run three rods a man. You we you can could run put, nine. Yeah, yeah. We can do nine. We'll put the boards out. Put a couple. We need you know a couple on each board. You can make a spread. You'd wide. have two down
0: rods, four and three, and
1: yep. And you could sweep some area, but it's not fun right now trying to do something like that. <laughs> Heck no.
2: Time and a place. It got Crying Jordan.
0: It did get Crying Jordaned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Silly. Well, we'll end that one here. Our little planer board talk and running out of gas. It shut off.
2: Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's so. good, man. I'm glad you ran out of gas. That means you're using the things.
0: Yeah, and I, I see I see myself using it more because I was starting to get into the funk of like, why do I even have this thing? And and now it's like two banner walleye days, and then a quick musky just revitalizes it. My wife's all pumped mm-hmm. about it, and so the funny awesome. thing is with a five-year-old. I'm gonna end it on this. The, my my daughter. So we catch the fish, we release it. Kara's all excited. Ava doesn't know what's going on. Owen, he, he's happy just being alive. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do? And she's like, let's tear down. I'm like, okay, so we're done. We we didn't make a lap trolling, and we're done. She goes, yeah, we we got to get the kids to bed. I'm like, okay. So I'm taking the I'm tearing the rods down now. We're sitting in the middle of like, it's not two minutes after we release the fish. My daughter goes, can we do something? This is boring. No, no but that's what you get when you have mm-hmm. a little kid. She, But she also doesn't realize what happened and, and all this stuff. But then, you know, we get going fast on the boat, and she smiles again, and everything was fun, and it was the best day ever. So it's yeah. just, it's it's funny when you get that stuff. So <clears throat> anyways, check out Boss Shad, bossshad.com. Marks bait Tackle and Ammo, Ravenna, Ohio. They have an online store. They have a Facebook page. Uh, Call them up for your Boss Shad needs. You can also uh, look up Muskie Tackle online. They carry the regular Boss Shads. So that mixed in with BossShad.com, you should be able to get just about anything you want. And uh, let them know you heard on the podcast. St. Croix Rods, best on earth. Uh, Todd and Vance's Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Give them a call. They're booking up fast. Musky Fat-az-musky products, FatasyMusky.com. And until next time, guys, good luck fishing and girls.